Hey everyone, this amazing ESO Network show is brought to you by our fine sponsor, Amazon.com. Please remember to shop Amazon for all your geeky needs, no matter what time of the year it is. All you need to do is go to ESOPodcast.com slash ESO Amazon, or click on the Amazon banner on the ESO Network webpage to go to our e-store. It's the best way to shop and the best way to support this program, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Okay, that's enough of me babbling for now. Now on with your regular scheduled show. Hi, this is Mark. Congratulations. You have found this amazingly awesome show. Chances are you're listening to it right now on whether it's iTunes or Stitcher Radio or some other mobile app that allows you to stream this amazingly awesome show to your ear holes. And I can't stress how awesomely amazing the show really is. But did you know that you can also catch the latest episode of this show on the Tangibound Network? That's right. Go check out TangibondNetwork.com. You can look them up, and you can listen to it right there. It's even mobile-friendly. What more could you ask for? Which means you can pull it up on your iPhone or your Android, even your Windows phone. Yeah, who has one of those? But still, point remains. You can do it. You can do it. Check it out. TangibondNetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. Check it out. I'm Chris Farrell from the official GunnaGeek.com podcast, a proud member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready, because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On the next episode of the PCC Multiverse, we're talking the future of the Mass Effect series, GameStop selling practices, and the big movies coming this weekend to theaters near you. Jay Bartlett from A Galaxy Far, Far Away podcast shares his thoughts on the Rogue One backlash. The Inside Sports crew voices more opinions on the world of sports. The ladies from Wine, Women, and Words have an interview with Seth Margley, author of The Semper Sonnet, while the Super Bros Game Station podcast asks if retro games are making a comeback. All this, plus another great song from Hyperschmidt, an interview from CES with Nuhira, and more. So listen in on the fun as we delve once again into the PCC multiverse. 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 Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry, that quivering blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another edition of the PCC Multiverse. How is everyone out there? My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. The PCC Multiverse is, again, available every Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, on the Podcast Radio Network. If you get a chance, check us out there. Or if you want to download and subscribe, it is also on the Pop Culture Cosmos channels that are available on the ESO Network, the Tangibound Network, the Gun and Geek Network, also as well, iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast.com, Google Play, and Mixcloud. And we truly thank our sponsors, Rob McCallum Films, and also as well, Retro City Games, two of our awesome sponsors for being part of the program as far as weighing in with their support and also 
coming on the show from time to time. So if you want to become a part of our sponsorship program and sponsorship team, just like Rob McCallum Films and also as well, Retro City Games, check us out. You can send us a message on Facebook, Pop Culture Cosmos, at Pop Culture Cosmo on Twitter, or also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com. So it is another, like I said, delving into the multiverse. We had a great start off last week, a great debut on the air. And who better to share this episode with me as we talk about uh, you know, some subjects that are near and dear to our heart. But the creator of the Ghost Toasters, the author of Vendetta Dark, and also as well the upcoming Congratulations You Suck, and the man with a special announcement as regards to the new company he's starting this week. It's Josh Peterson. How are you, my friend? Hey, hey I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on here. It's, uh, I'm, I'm privileged to be a part of the multiverse. I hope that myself, like on another plane of existence in the multiverse, is listening to this and he's proud too. So we uh, want to know more about what you have you know, out there that you'd like to introduce to, to the world as far as what you've got going on with Humanican Media. Humanican Media is my new project. Uh, from now on going forward, everything I create will be released under Humanican Media, uh, including Ghost Toasters, if you've been following that. We have uh, several great podcasts, um, Chad and Travis's musical show about music, which you've heard on the Pop Culture Cosmos show, which has also been featured. We have a couple new ones, uh, the Super Bro Station Games cast, and uh, another one coming out called What About This, in which we... Uh, tackle some questions that people tend to think about but don't voice. So, I mean, it's it's a really interesting concept, and, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of great stuff. So please, uh, you know, if you're following Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook or YouTube, please check out Humanican Media, and uh, I look forward to uh, working with you guys in the future. And there's also the Double J Filmcast and also Travis versus the World, and then Chad and Travis's music musical podcast about music, correct? Correct. Did I forget to mention those? Uh, I think two of the three. I'm not sure. You've got so many going on. On today's program, you will hear some of those podcasts and find out more information on how to get a hold of those podcasts in full today as well. So definitely looking forward to it indeed. So Josh, I wanted to ask you real quick while we're here in the multiverse, a little bit about uh, the upcoming game, Mass Effect Andromeda. It's it's really just a evolution of the Mass Effect series indeed. But before we go into the newest game itself coming out next month, what are your thoughts on the Mass Effect series as a whole, as a whole and, and the time that you spent so far in the series? First of all, it's a very this, this is a very appropriate show to bring up Mass Effect on. It's just a lot of inner inner plant inner world worldly travel um all right so mass effect yeah right <laughs> we we need like we need background music for when we say clever things um mass effect okay so mass effect it's kind of i love it it's i was really hesitant to play it at first because just because uh you know it was another game that i would waste hours of my life on but once i did once i started it it was it was a completely different gaming experience from anything that I have ever played. It's, it's been a while since we've explored Mass Effect, and they haven't really given a whole lot of details away on what we can expect. But um, 
I'm really excited about it. Like, I haven't been this excited about a game probably since Mass Effect 3 came out. Mass Effect Andromeda is looking like a definite big hit indeed. I just have some trepidations when I hear things such as them not being able to include the Paragon and Renegade conversation trees that they were so famous for from the earlier editions, which kind of made it even more fun to play for me. The conversations that you have are not going to be as uh, distinctive, maybe, as as what I was hoping for. So that's kind of a little drawback there, but I'm looking forward to the challenge and taking it up and, and delving myself back into that Mass Effect universe. But your thoughts as far as the new Mass Effect Andromeda is concerned and how you think it's going to relate to audiences? From what I understand, the dialogue is supposed to be, you can't do the Paragon route, but the dialogue is supposed to have a lot more options than the first three did. It's, it's going to be hard to really know until I get my hands on it and play it. I think it will lead to, to another trilogy, of course. That, that would oh, for sure. Be, yes, like, you know, because they were so successful overall sales-wise with the, with the previous three. So I definitely am looking forward to an Indeed. And, you know, to get yourself prepared out there, you might want to go revisit Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3, even though Shepard is not going to play a part in this new series because it's it's in a different time realm. It's it's still nice to get that cusp of what it's all about because it also gives people a background on some of the races that you'll be fighting with that is your friends and foes, parties and team about their abilities and what they can do. If you have not checked out the Mass Effect universe, it's definitely something that you might want to check out indeed because it really truly is 100 hours worth of goodness for the most part that, that you'll be playing. So definitely something to look forward to indeed. So check it out if you haven't already or if you have, revisit it before Mass Effect Andromeda comes out because it definitely would be nice to get a refresher course just before that game hits the streets. And I, I do think it, it definitely... Barring any unforeseen changes, is going to be a big hit with audiences indeed. So we, uh, like I said earlier, have a great show lined up. we got a lot of things on the queue coming up for you. But first, let's get a taste of more music from our good friends at Hyperschmidt. H-Y-P-E-R-S-C-H-M-I-T-T, Hyperschmidt.com. We're going to check out one of their great singles there. And then right after that, going to start off with Jay Bartlett. He's going to start us off with the... Another great episode of A Galaxy Far, Far Away. We'll give you the taste of that here in a sec. But I also want to give a shout out uh, to everyone out there that, that really likes our programs. So we truly appreciate you listening. This is the PCC Multiverse. And here comes some Hyperschmidt. Start where you are Oh, I would not change a thing You are dear You are flawless Will you fix my broken wing On a ledge Can you see What you know you're looking for I am sure I've forgotten Once again I lost my goal In my problems I feel slow It's the cry
Hyperschmidt. Check out all their latest music today on their channel on YouTube and also hyperschmidt.com. That's H Y P E R S C H M I T T.com. A Galaxy Far, Far Away is next. This is the PCC Multiverse. Get ready for Box Art, a gaming docuseries from Pyre Productions and Rob McCallum Films in 2017. If you love video games, chances are there's a box cover or cover image that you love and has stuck with you for decades. In our series, Box Art, we travel across North America to visit with the unknown illustrators and artists responsible for creating the most iconic gaming images of all time. What was once scheduled to be a 90-minute documentary is now a six-episode season packed with unbelievable tales that paint a picture of the gaming industry you've never imagined. Box Art arrives this year, just one of the many pop culture projects from Rob McCallum, Empire Productions.
Welcome, guys, to a Galaxy Far, Far Away podcast. I am your host, Jay Bartlett. It is February 1st, 2017, on this beautiful, sunny Wednesday. And uh, I'm here today to talk about Rogue One and uh, the backlash that it is now receiving. The inevitable backlash, I suppose you could say. So we are rumored now, as of today, um, to get the Blu-ray... March 28th here in Canada, at least. Um, now, again, that is a rumor, but it's pretty cool to see a date just around the corner for the home release. Now, I myself, I've seen Rogue One only a handful of times. And I remember waking up the day the first trailer dropped. Uh, there was like 10 million Facebook notifications for me. So thank you, because that was cool that everyone thought of me. Um, and I played it. And just at the end of it, I was kind of like, huh. Well, that's interesting. It didn't nearly have the same effect as the first time I saw the teaser for The Force Awakens, which had my jaw on the floor, no doubt. Now, let's examine that. Is that a bad thing? I don't necessarily think so. At first... At first, perhaps I thought it was because it didn't give me the same feels. Now, again, you're not dealing with the Skywalkers, so there's the difference. But I will say that's a good thing. The Star Wars galaxy is so vast and so gigantic, and there are just, you know, tens of thousands of stories to be told with, uh, you know, a number of different characters that, that have nothing to do with Jedi's or Sith or the Force and I think Rogue One is suffering the backlash because you are dealing with just a regular group of people now of course I'm excluding Darth Vader he was a big part of Rogue One yes I'll get to that in a second but I'm speaking mostly to the backlash that the characters are getting uh, Jyn Erso for instance the main protagonist um, now she's getting bashed and she's being compared to Ray from episode 7. Now this is what I don't understand. People bash The Force Awakens because they say it was basically a remake of A New Hope, which it absolutely was not. Does it follow a lot of the same formulas as A New Hope? Yes, it does. But so do a lot of them. You know? Not to get off on a tangent here, but people say Maz's castle was just a remake of the cantina scene, and yet they seem to forget in Attack of the Clones, Obi-Wan and Anakin were chasing Zam Wessel through a same kind of bar. It was more of a, an upscale nightclub, but it was the same idea. Every single Star Wars episode has parallels to another. That's what makes them work. In my opinion, that, that's what makes them timeless. So now what you're getting is basically people complaining that it's not following the formula. So I guess I'm just kind of confused here. It's like, I really feel sorry for any director who takes on a Star Wars story or a Star Wars episode because you, you can't win. And it's just, it, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. It's like if you follow the formula too much, you're plagiarizing it. If you go off on your own, then it doesn't feel like Star Wars. So, which is it? I mean, why is everybody so afraid for them to try new things with Star Wars? Like I said at the beginning of this, it's such a humongous galaxy. 
with so much potential that runs way beyond the Force and the Jedi, etc. I mean, geez, look at look at the great stuff that Clone Wars and Rebels have explored. All the different gangs, Black Sun, etc. You could get, you could dive into the bounty hunters stories. Man, you can even dive into the the farmer stories for all I care. I think by how do I put this? By extending yourself to beyond what is normal, you're making the universe so much more richer, and you're making it just that much better. I mean, I mean, I don't know how else to put it. So let's go back to one of the main complaints that I've been reading about online, um, about the film itself, and that's the characters. And that a lot of diehard Star Wars fans believe that the characters in Rogue One are just cookie-cutter and boring. So the protagonist mostly is the one that's under the fire. So Jyn Erso, everyone just keeps saying, you know, her character is non-existent. And again, do you want her to act like Rey? Do you want her to act like Princess Leia? She's her own character. She's a tough-as-nails character, no-nonsense and I think the role was perfect. I think people have to let go of what they know and not be afraid to accept new roles into Star Wars. Uh, Cassian Andor, again, not not one of my favorites. I don't have a whole lot to say about him. I think he was the weakest in the film. Let's go down. Uh, Baz Melbus and Chirrut uh, Imwe. I think that duo I wanted to see more of. I wanted to see more of all of them. Bodie Rook, the pilot, I think he was a cool character for the few minutes he was on screen. Uh, K2SO, of course, was the droid that won everyone over. I think you're dealing with something similar to uh, when the X-Men movies came out. We have so many great characters, but not enough screen time. You know, the movie just clocks in over two hours. And that's just not enough time to tell everyone's origin story. You know, that's what... The books are for and stuff like that. And there, there, there's been books with Chirrut and, and Baz in them, which is great. And I hope all the characters get extended stories. Uh, even the Rogue One novel dives a bit into um, a little bit more of all their backstories. So check that out as well. But I think, you know, if the movie had been five hours... How do I put this? I don't want to say people would have cared more about the characters, but you would have obviously got a lot more of their backstory and become attached to them. Now, again, this is spoiler territory, so if you haven't seen Rogue One, stop the podcast here. But the fact that they all die at the end, I think I think it really sucks because, yeah, you know, it would have been cool to see uh, Jin and Cassian take off somewhere and know that they're just out there. Or even maybe, you know become imprisoned by the Empire and they become just Imperial prisoners the rest of their lives but just to know that they were out there um, it really sucks that every single member of the crew perished and I found that that in itself was very sad especially when K2SO is defending the post when Jin and Cassian are in there grabbing the plans and he's talking to them and he's fending off all the stormtroopers and he's taking a shot here or there and I think it was about the third shot. I'm like, oh, oh my goodness, you know, he's going to die. And that was really, really sad to me. It was also sad when when, when Chirrut went up. And I forget, you know, he was disabling some gener- generator or something so the ship could take off. Um, again, I've only seen it a handful of times. 
that was sad. And then Baz kind of, after Chirrut uh, perishes, Baz kind of loses his crap. It goes on a, on a killing spree, just a, almost like a suicide mission, right? So again, guys, um, there's been backlash in regards to the CG use of Grand Moff Tarkin and Princess Leia. There's been backlash about Darth Vader and specifically with him, the performance by James Earl Jones, which again, I think is absolutely ludicrous. Um, he played Darth Vader and Rebels as well, and nobody said anything about that. The main complaint about his performance, his voice, is that he sounds old. I hate to tell everybody out there, but James Earl Jones is getting up there. Um, and I think everybody just expects way, way too much. The fact that it's still the original voice of Darth Vader, I mean, is good enough for me. And you just have to take it with a grain of salt and understand it that that wonderful actor is just, he's getting up there in age now. His voice isn't going to sound like it did when he recorded in The Empire Strikes Back, you know what I mean? And to defend Tarkin and Princess Leia, one thing that I did when the prequels came out, uh, let me start off by saying I'm, I'm a huge prequel fan. I, I do love the films just as much as I love the original trilogy and seven. Um, but I noticed that, especially when the prequels came out on Blu-ray, that the computer graphics in particular do not hold up as well as the models do from 4, 5, and 6. So what I learned to do very quickly, because I love the story of Star Wars so much, is just to let all the effects stuff go. Let the story serve its purpose. Don't uh, jump into the world and worry about the story. And don't worry about, you know, the clone trooper. You can tell his, his head is CG'd on or whatever. Like, who cares? Just worry about the story. So I was shocked, just like everybody was, when you see the first shot of Tarkin when he's kind of just staring out the window, looking at the Death Star, and then it turns around, and it's full-fledged like likeness of Peter Cushing. I was like, oh my god. Um, I stayed away from any spoilers or any kind of stuff like that, so I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting, you know, Tarkin to talk to the window, to Krennic and such, and we would hear him. But when he turned around, and it was actually like one of the main characters of the film, I couldn't believe that... Once again, Lucasfilm had pulled off such a magnificent achievement and broke the boundaries again. The same with uh, Princess Leia at the end of Rogue One. Does it look fake? Well, of course it does. I mean, it's, it's computer graphics, but you have to think the movie had to end with Leia in it. I mean, it just had to. Um, Princess Leia was such an important part. Um, her handing off the Death Star plans to R2, you know, kickstarts the original trilogy. So they had to be given to her at the end somehow. Same with Tarkin. Tarkin was a, a, the Grand Moff, right? He was in charge of the Death Star. He had to be in that film. You know, there could have been ways they could have done around it. They could have made Krennic talking to him. Uh, you know, the the hologram communication, he could have been talking that way, but I don't think it would have been as impactful because you really had to see the tension between Krennic and Tarkin. So, you know what? Yeah, the CG brought us out and surprised us for a bit, but again, guys, I, I hope that all of you take in the story and not worry about the special effects, if they use models, if they use CG. Just take the story for what it is and enjoy it that way. 
I'm very much looking forward to Rogue One coming out on Blu-ray. I'm looking forward to diving into it a lot more. Uh, hopefully there's some deleted scenes. They haven't announced anything yet, but that will be super cool. I'm a big fan of the film. I picked up the visual guide to Rogue One, which I encourage any of you guys out there. The visual guides are fantastic. They teach you about all the different characters, about all the guys that have two seconds of screen time. You know, what's on the uniforms, the different rankings, the ships, the Death Star, the size of the ships, the weight of the ships. It's just very, very cool. And it just brings you deeper into that world. So pick up the Rogue One visual guide. But my point is to all that, as I've been reading more into the visual guide, I've learned to appreciate the movie more for what it is. Instead of trying to put it on the same pedestal as the Skywalker saga films as they're known now. I'm, I've taken it as a side story, and it is meant to be a one-off. You know, there's, there's not going to be a sequel to Rogue One. It's a Star Wars story. And it makes me excited for more Star Wars stories in the future, like what, what else we're going to see, because I just think it just makes that universe that much richer. I want to know what you guys think. I want to know. I really do. So please leave your comments below. Hit me up on Facebook. Uh, let me know what you think, guys. Do you think Rogue One deserves the backlash that it's getting? Um, and are fans expecting too much? And are they just too hard? Just too hard on these filmmakers that are trying to, to give us more Star Wars. Let me know what you think, guys. Until next time, as always, may the Force be with you. For more episodes of a Galaxy Far, Far Away podcast, check it out today on Podbean. Up next, it's the ladies from the Wine, Women, and Words as they talk to Seth Markley, author of The Sempersonic, coming up right after the break. This is the PCC Multiverse. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. So when I started reading it, I told her it feels like it's like the Tudors because... I don't know how many times my mom and I have watched the Showtime series, The Tudors. 
it, it's like the Tudors meets the Da Vinci Code, and then you have Outbreak thrown in at the end. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now that would be a great slug line for the back of the book. <laughs> yeah. So where where did your the idea come from for um, Semper? Um, you know, it's so hard to think about the actual beginnings of it. I would say, so like you, Michelle, I've always been really interested in, in the Tudor period of England, um, Henry VIII in particular, but also Elizabeth. And, you know, it's one of those periods in history that just seems to have given rise to so many larger-than-life characters, you know? So, of course, Henry and, of course, Elizabeth. Um, but, you know, and, of course, Shakespeare. So, there's, you know, there's a great... Um, number of, of, of writers and philosophers, but also, you know, Sir Walter Raleigh and Francis Drake and um, Wolsey and Cromwell and, you know, just these, just these incredible characters, Sir Thomas More. Um, so I've always loved that period. I've read a lot about that period. And, you know, one of the things that always interested me was that, you know, the greatest figure of that period, at least the greatest political figure, who was Elizabeth, possibly also her father, you could say it was equally great, um, it, you know, never had a child. So the, the, um, the, the entire dynasty that we're all so interested in just died out with her. And I always thought that it's, that's such a shame. I don't think anyone quite um, has lived up to that since then, lived up to the sort of standard she set, certainly not the current crop and um so i so i've always thought like you know wondered you know why she didn't have children and then i the next if you're a writer you start thinking you know i guess all books begin a little bit with a what if question so i thought well what if she had had a child so so that was sort of the premise i just wanted to write about that period um and but i but i also wanted to be i i've had a couple of books that weren't mystery or suspense but generally i wanted to write a, a suspense novel so i thought well what would be suspenseful about that and um and i wanted to set it somewhat in the at least half of it in the in the modern day and i thought well whether or not she had a child why would that matter in you know in the 21st century who cares it would be sort of interesting for people like us who are interested in that period but why would it matter that elizabeth had a child so then i thought well what if you know the the identity of this, or the fact that she had a child, in fact, led to something even bigger than that, and something that you know, posed a threat in the 21st century. Um, and it was sort of that evolution that got me thinking about um, about writing this. So it started with the what if, what if she had had a child, and then I thought, well, how do I make that you know, it could, it's interesting to those of us who are interested in the 21st century, but how do I make that relevant relevant from a suspense point of view. And that's where the whole um, idea of Semper came along um, and, and, and sort of connected the uh, 16th century with the 21st century. That was the taste of the Wine, Women, and Words podcast. For more, go to their YouTube channel or download it today on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and Podcast.com. Coming up Monday night, it's the Pop Culture Cosmos Show. And for a sneak peek at what's coming up, check out a little piece of a couple interviews I did with David and Jared from the play Video Games. Jared, when you're talking the video games to play, what is the best thing that stands out to you in regards to the video games to play is concerned? I love hearing people going, the show is completely different. Or even our stage managers or uh, tech people who usually get really bored with the show after it's been running for, you know, a week or two. We had a stage manager um, in New York, Aaron Cohen, who was our 
venue manager at New York International Fringe Festival, and then she was our stage manager for Off-Broadway initially, and she said, I never get bored of this show because it changes all the time. It keeps them on their toes. Just the fact that it has replayability, um, and you can unlock those little hidden secrets the second time you play it around, maybe increase the difficulty a little bit as we have. It's kind of one of those... It's kind of like a Chrono Trigger. If anyone is a big fan of Chrono Trigger or has done the playthroughs with all the different endings, that's what I love about it. It's just so different every time. And here's a snippet of my conversation with Doki Tops, CEO of the Utomic Game Streaming Service. But it's great to have you on the show. So tell everyone out there, I was telling everyone about the, the great service that you guys are offering to gamers out there, but tell us a little bit more about Utomic and utomic.com. Yes, so Utomic is an all-you-can-eat gaming service. Uh, The best way we always explain it, it's it's a bit like Netflix for games. Um, And it allows you to play, right now, I believe, 450 games, usually in 30 seconds. Uh, The cool thing about it is that you can play games with one click really fast. And the other cool thing is that we're adding 30 games every month. And the awesome thing is also that we do not do the same streaming as what other people do. Uh, we download to your hard drive, but we do it in a really smart way because we only download a very small portion of the game, sometimes even just one hundredth of the game to get you going. And then when you're playing, we make sure that all the content is there before you need it. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show, the number two program on the Podcast Radio Network coming to you each Monday night, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific, and later that night, it's available for download on iTunes, Google Play, Mixcloud, Podcast.com, Stitcher, and the Tangent Bound, Gunna Geek, and Earth Station One Networks. Coming up next, it's the guys from the Super Bro Station Games Cast asking if retro games are making a comeback. This is the PCC Multiverse. And we're back once again from CES 2017. I'm here at the New Hera iq buds booth i'm here with one of the uh, co-founders himself david cannington it's a pleasure being on the, uh nice having on the show you. nice to meet you as well so iq buds is obviously getting a lot of tension when i come on this side i you know it really stands out what you guys have got going on here so tell me with obviously the the award congratulations you. that you won here Thank at ces you very much. so iq buds are intelligent truly wireless earbuds okay they give you the control to hear what you want to hear in the world around you okay and connect to your digital device well that's awesome um as far as because i know i've been dealing with a lot of individuals uh, here at ces that are also claiming as far as with wireless as far as concerned because as you know uh, iphone made a controversial decision as far as getting rid of the 3.5 yeah. and samsung on uh, on their Galaxy S8, as I'm sure you're well aware, they are uh, with the the you know obviously the pictures that they showed out that they're doing pretty much the same thing. So it looks like that's going to be an industry trend. So how is Nuhira with the IQ Buds going to go ahead and not only meet but beat that challenge? Well, if you think about the AirPods, they're really a dumb earbud because they all they do is allow you to listen to music and make phone calls. Yeah. What IQ Buds has is some very sophisticated hearing technology in it that allows you to be out of control how you hear the environment around you so you can have nice seamless conversations in these noisy environments that's just one way of how we can that that our sophisticated hearing technology solves a real problem oh that's awesome that's definitely great indeed so as i can see as far as what you guys do the some of the bullet points as far as 
you know, you got a separate, you know, it's got a noise. Is it a noise cancellation system? That's what we call it. It's super intelligent noise cancellation. Okay. Because it has dynamic noise control and also the, be able to, the ability to be able to select what you want to hear and then okay. drop back what you don't want to hear. Because I, I see that because it separates the speech from the actual noise. So right, right now, with all the ambiance as far as, you know, that's going on behind us, yep. I, it, your IQ buds will actually focus on your speech as opposed to the 500,000 people that are right behind me. Absolutely correct. Oh, that's Describe awesome. Describe that very well. Now, you also mentioned the augmented hearing and also the, the high-fidelity sound. So can you go and elaborate a little bit more on that? So that even though you bring out an earbud that has some really smart hearing technology, at the end of the day, people want to connect to their digital devices. Yes. You've got to be able to deliver really good sound fidelity. So we spend a lot of money and time on making sure that the sound fidelity is really good and also... The clarity of the phone calls is going okay. to be good as well. And one last question I want to ask you, because um, I, you know, we've reviewed our site has reviewed and our, our show has reviewed a lot of those Bluetooth uh, hand, you know, as far as the earpieces already. One thing that has come up as far as consistency, as far as battery time, and yep. then also reception when you connect to Bluetooth. Because I'll be, let's say, um, I'm walking the other day yep. when I was through the Caesar's Palace as far as the forum shop's concerned. Yeah, 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 yeah. I moved to the right a little bit, yeah. and you could already get the distortion, and also the, the one of the units I was testing was cutting out. Yeah. How does IQ Buds go ahead and prevent things like that? So, um, we connect to the Bluetooth, so to the Bluetooth device via a Bluetooth chip in, in one of our earbuds, okay. but we also connect the earbuds to each other okay. by near-field magnetic induction, okay. which is quite unique in the wireless earbud industry. Okay. So the ability to be able to not just have Bluetooth going up to both buds, but just to have it going to one bud and then the NFMI improves the connectivity. Oh, that's awesome. And in terms of the battery life, you get four hours of battery life for Bluetooth streaming mm. before you put it into the charging case. You get three additional charges out of the charging case. So it's essentially 16 hours of Bluetooth and 32 hours of hearing process. Well, that's amazing indeed. Yeah. That's amazing indeed. Yeah. So for anybody interested as far as the price, availability, where can they go to and as far as what type of retailers are looking to go ahead as far as sell your awesome product? So you can order the product now on uh, newhero.com or just okay. or just search for IQ Buds. It's $2.99. Okay. Um, and we're going to be selling it through a multitude of different retailers and distribution channels. Okay. I would describe our product, our go-to-market strategy as one of a hybrid strategy because we think our product could sit just as comfortably in a, in a uh, wall, Walgreens than it would, for instance, in a Best Buy. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome to hear. So that's newhera.com, everyone. That's N-U-H-E-A-R-A. Com to find out more about these awesome IQ Buds. David, it's been a pleasure talking Thanks to you. Thanks very much, Gerald. Appreciate you taking the time to being part of the Pop Culture Cosmos today. We truly appreciate it. What's uh, going on with this Nintendo and the Mini NES Classic? I don't know, because you're the one that said you wanted to talk about it. I did not say that. Oh, we're going to need to edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it sold 1.5 million of the NES Classics. I've definitely seen... Guys in their 30s on Facebook talk about them. In their underwear. In their underwear. <laughs> so, um, let me ask you guys this, though. Do you think that... Because they, they have sold 1.5 million units, and 
during the holiday season, they were priced at about $250 a piece. That's crazy. After MSR, who would pay they, for that? Well, they MSRP at $60, and people yeah. were still buying them for $250. So do you think that retro, retro games are making a comeback? Well, I think retro, retro gaming has been, like, has been a trend for yeah. 10 or 15 years. Like, I, again, like, the same group of people that bought one, like, I see, like, I'm friends with guys on Facebook and follow guys on Instagram that they just, like, they do things like this, but just on retro gaming, so it's huge. The problem, the funny thing is that Nintendo is so stupid about it because they have they have the keys to winning retro game, <laughs> gaming for all time, yeah. and they just don't do anything with it. So well, they keep letting us even buy our own games. Because even, <laughs> even this is dumb. Like when I saw the NES Classic, I'm like, okay, this is dumb because one, it doesn't have every NES game, no, just and 60. two. Why didn't they just put all this 30. on the Wii U or the yeah. Wii or the 3DS? That's true. Eric, they did slowly through a trickle give you almost one tenth of their games and let you rebuy them several times. So <laughs> let's not say Nintendo's not doing their part, okay? Trickle down retro gaming. <laughs> Check out the Super Bro Games cast today on Humanican Media Outlets and Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. Ready for some final thoughts on some football for now? Well, the guys from Inside Sports have their final say on what's going on right here in the PCC multiverse. I think the NFL is probably going to take a, a page from those guys and say, hey, there's a lot of money to be made. Where is it? Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, well, the thing is, they, they should just scrap the idea of the 18-game season. You look at all the injuries that pile up. What are you going to have going into the playoffs? I mean, guys playing on it. You've got the walking wounded already. So Catch Charles Smith and Chris Lardieri each week on Inside Sports on Vimeo. Right after the break, we're talking the growing controversy with GameStop selling standards and also the big movie releases this weekend. This is the PCC Multiverse. Rob McCallum Films is back in 2017 with a vengeance. This year, we're set to release Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion-dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull drops this year and is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. For the latest reviews and opinions on everything pop culture, head on over to our brand new site, www.popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. And we're back again with the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly thank you for being a part of today's broadcast. If you get a chance, check us out again. Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, at Pop Culture Cosmo on Twitter, or just send us an email if you have a question, popculturecosmos and yahoo.com. But uh, there's other things we also want to talk about as well. Uh, I know Josh and I came across an article re- recently that was, uh, that's, that's got the gaming circle in an uproar, and, and that, that is the, the recent article by Kotaku in regards to what you know, many of us in the, the gaming retail end of it that have, that have served at some point in time or another have understood is regarding the complexities of, of the way GameStop does its business. And, and one has to realize that, first off, that, you know, it is hard, very hard for a lot of businesses to sell video games and make a profit off them and in a new status, especially if they start discounting it because the margins 
are not very large on those type of products. So what GameStop tries to steer its customers into is, is and, and for sometimes, you know, it's advantageous for the consumer to buy used products. It is concerning, but for the most part, I think GameStop tries to 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 stay on the straight and narrow. But there are some stores, and being in the industry at one time, as running stores myself, I was aware of competitors within other game stores and even in chains that that I worked with that had that type of mentality as far as it's concerned to not necessarily mislead customers, but definitely steer them in a different direction as far as you know steering them away from new and towards the used and towards subscriptions and towards extended warranties and 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 programs and things of that nature i mean that's that's the nature of unfortunately selling a lot of these things do offer consumers a benefit but unfortunately with with the way uh, some corporations apply pressure as far as quotas are concerned it's the way unfortunately that that a lot of companies do business out now these days and GameStop does fall in that line. I mean, there are quotas and guidelines. So I ask you, Josh, with your interactions with GameStop, how surprised were you to see this internal memo that was leaked? I, I honestly, I wasn't too surprised. Uh, I've t- I talked to a few people who I know work for GameStop, and they kind of explained to me kind of what the uh, to- Kotaku article said. They most of their their sales revolve around something called the Circle of Life, and it's about a. Uh, pre-orders, reward subscriptions, used game sales, and game trade-in. So they need their used games to exceed at least 30% of their sales. So, and then and Let's put it this way. If they do not sell used games, if you do not trade with GameStop, if, they, if you do not buy used games from GameStop, you will not have GameStop brick-and-mortar stores. It's just that simple. Yeah, right. And they I, – I just – I don't think that – as far as like their used game sales go, like I, I feel like they they charge too much for them. I mean, I I could be wrong in that, but down and that's been a common complaint forever. As far as the way they've structured their pricing, I mean, that is a very common and very fair complaint. And the only thing I would say adversely to that is when that's your only business. I mean, Best Buy. Let's take Best Buy for instance, something that you and I both are familiar with as well. They've gone and dabbled into it from time to time as far as selling used games. But that is only one part of the equation. They can sell a car stereo at a high margin, and there you go. They can sell home audio at a high margin, and there you go. They can sell a big screen and or a washer and a dryer, and there you go. GameStop doesn't have those options. So that may be the reason why they may have to hold their prices longer at that makes sense yeah no it, it makes sense i feel like they can like their used game sale mo- their model works perfectly with like old old consoles because i know they, they're refurbishing xbox 360s playstation 3s playstation 2s playstation 1s and you can buy all those games that they have there and that's that's fine but like um i don't know if they have them up around you but in california there's a a chain called Book Off, and their entire sales are dependent on people selling them video games, movies, books, CDs, uh, you name it. And uh, they take like you can buy something there if it costs sixty dollars for a video game, brand new. They will sell it to you for forty five. So, but GameStop, you go and you sell them. You know, they sell like a used game that would cost sixty dollars new for like 52 53 so why would i not go and just pay an extra eight dollars to get something that i can open straight out of a wrapper that's that's my biggest thing uh indeed and i i can't disagree with you on that it's very 
hard sell for someone to go ahead and say, you know, I want to pay $50 for this used game when it's only 50, you know, 59 for, for one. I, I, and I understand that part of the scenario, but it, it's, it's, it's just a hard thing to do indeed. Now, you and I both know, uh, you know, our good friends at Retro City Games, one of our sponsors, uh, you know, that does a tremendous job, Nicole and Doug, their sole business is dealing off of used games. They want your trade-in. You know, I'm surprised at this point in time, brick-and-mortar stores are still open to to the extent they are for GameStop because, you know, the marketplace has totally changed. I mean, EA just came out a report the other day to its investors that only 40% of its business is now done in a retail fashion then that it's you know that that tells me sixty percent is down digital, and and that's going to be even more and more prevalent over the course of time. So this week is an important week coming up here. Wouldn't you know it's going to be a pretty much the first real weekend where there's like three really really good movies choices that are coming out. I know there's been been weekends with with two that are really fairly good ones as far as it's concerned so far, but this is really a strong weekend coming up indeed. And I wanted to get his thoughts on this upcoming weekend in the movies because, well, let's face it, it's a really, really packed weekend. First, we've got 50 Shades Darker, the Lego Batman movie, the spiritual successor to the Lego movie. And one movie that I, I'm really pushing for because I just finally got to catch the original the other day. That was John Wick. And this is going to be John Wick Chapter 2 coming out. I'll tell you what right now. It's going to be a really, really nice weekend for moviegoers. That's the first and foremost thing. So people at least have some good choices of some fresh movies to see. But Josh, your thoughts on this really, really tough to call weekend. I, I mean, there's some, those two movies are going to be a hit. But John Wick 2 just like its original, became a really, really stealth hit because A, it didn't cost too much, and B, it really went under the radar but caught a lot of people by surprise. But it it was really ended up being a really good movie. Yeah, John Wick 2, that's, that series reminds me of uh, Boondock Saints. The first one, no one had ever heard of it. And then after like maybe five or six years of the movie being out, it just became this huge cultural phenomenon. and. Then they came out with Boondock Saints 2, and it really, it while it wasn't bad, it wasn't that good. So I'm hoping that maybe John Wick doesn't follow that model. And, um, you know, the first one I really liked. I, I didn't watch it because I wanted to. I just kind of watched it out of boredom more than anything, and I was pleasantly surprised by it. So I will go see the second one. I don't know much about it. I haven't read much because I don't want to uh, have it spoiled or anything. But... I, I've, I've, I mean, I'm a huge fan of what they're doing with it, and I can't wait to watch it. So your thoughts then goes to the big two, and that's uh, the Lego Batman movie, and then obviously Fifty Shades Darker. Do you think it can match the success of the first one? Oh yeah, I mean, as far as uh, family films go, it's nice and wholesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm Indeed, I couldn't help myself there. Um, from what I heard, it didn't actually do that well. Like, it wasn't well received. I know the books are really popular, but well, it just... wasn't well critically received. It was actually considered by many. I think it went uh, did get Razzies the year it came out. From that sense, I understand. But from a box office standpoint, it did huge that first weekend, and it fell off a cliff pretty much after. But do you think that can meet it can meet those those standards? Because in its first in its first week, it did garner domestically over eighty five million dollars. So let's let's put it that way. The bad news is it it only 
gained another 81 million after that domestically. So it died a horrible death right after, but it did garner $571 million worldwide. And for a movie that cost roughly $40 million to make, you know, that that's a return on investment. I would take any day of the week. Yeah. Sorry. I, I can see like, I'm sure. Would, would you not take forty million dollar movie and five hundred seventy one million dollars in return? I wouldn't. I know. It, yeah. It's. I mean, how much of that actually? Like, because they have to go back and they have to pay the to pay yeah. all the people involved. Yeah, it, and the and the studios and the also the the yeah. I mean, but even if a portion of that, I mean, so it premises three and a half times of whatever the projected budget is. There's still a reason why that they made a sequel so quickly on is because. It still made them worldwide a, a considerable amount of money. You know, if you if you go by that barometer, you have to wait and see. Indeed, but it is a front-loaded movie where it actually gets a lot up front. So I expect a big return on it, and I see it very competing very heavily and maybe even guarding the top spot away from the Lego Batman movie, which I will think will do in the in the long run very well. But first weekend, it may have to resign itself to a number two status. The Lego Batman movie, which is obviously, you know, coming out based off the the wild success of the Lego movie and the Batman character played by, you know, voiced by Will Arnett in that movie. He's back doing his own entire movie and it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun indeed. That's something that I'm more familiar with as well. But seeing as that case, do you think it will match anywhere close to the success of the original Lego movie film? Oh yeah, I I definitely think so. Because the, the original Lego movie film, I honestly I don't I wasn't expecting it to uh, do the numbers that it did. And it was a huge hit among kids. I'm looking at the total domestic gross right now of 257 million dollars, and it was made on a budget of 60 million. So that it, it's going to profit no matter what. Uh, and whether or not like yeah, maybe like Fifty Shades Darker is going to do better on opening weekend just because it's Valentine's Day, but I think in the weeks to follow, uh, Lego Batman is going to do killer numbers. What What are your thoughts on that? I definitely think it will have more legs, uh, like you said, than Fifty Shades Darker. But then again, it's front-loaded on Fifty Shades Darker. So the return on the investment may be better overall. But we'll have to wait and see, I think, uh, how it also translates overseas, how each film translates overseas. Uh, also will weigh heavily into that factor. Uh, you know, I just, I'm, I'm optimistic that, that people will go out and see these films because in today's climate, it's nice just to get into kind of escape. And it's just nice to see three potentially entertaining films to their audiences come out. And, and yes, there may be an issue of sequelitis on all three accounts for, for various reasons at various levels, but at least to some point, these are films that people are familiar with, that people have enjoyed, and that people will want to go ahead, at least for the first weekend, go out and see. So I'm expecting a, a very, very decent competition indeed. And don't be surprised though, anyone out there if John Wick does over $20 million its first weekend. I'm hoping for it. I'm rooting for it because, like I said, if you haven't seen the original John Wick, then you're missing out on something because it, it – yes, it is a violent film, but it is, it's done with a, a style – and it's also done with the, you know a story that that actually uh, Keanu Reeves hasn't been part of in in years as far as a performance is concerned. So definitely looking forward to to seeing him revive that character coming up uh, very soon indeed. So it's going to be a great great weekend uh, indeed to 
to be going ahead and uh, going out to the movies. So we truly appreciate it. And if you have any thoughts on these movies this weekend or anything else, pop culture, get a hold of us, Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, at Pop Culture Cosmo on Twitter. And of course, send us an email, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Thanks so much for being a part of the PCC Multiverse. It's been a great episode indeed. Truly appreciate you listening to the program. Once again, if you get a chance, check us out. The Podcast Radio Network, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, plus also as well. Check us out. You can download the episodes uh, today on our Pop Culture Cosmos channels on iTunes, Mixcloud, Google Play, Podcast.com, Stitcher, and also the ESO Network, the Tangent Bound Network, and the Gunny Geek Network as well. So, Josh, any last thoughts before we head out of the PCC Multiverse? It's been a great episode indeed. We saw get a chance to listen to Galaxy Far, Far Away. We got a chance to taste about the upcoming Pop Culture Cosmos show. Also checked out the Super Bro Gaming Podcast and and so much more. So so tell me your thoughts as we head out on for tonight's show on the PCC multiverse, your thoughts. Yeah, it's, there's, there's a lot going on in the PCC multiverse. So I would definitely, you know, if you're, if you're in it, everything geek, like the, what I love about this is that there's so many of ideas in one place and it's, it's really, it's, it's something cool. So if this is something that you're into, please share it with your friends. Uh, look us up on Facebook, YouTube, whatever you, you know, whatever site you use to go online. Um, and yeah, check out Humanican Media, and there will definitely be more in the future. Indeed. So thank you to Inside Sports, Wine, Women, and Words, Humanican Media, and Rob McCallum Films as well for being part of the program today. We truly appreciate you, you listening to us. It's another beautiful day in paradise here in the PCC multiverse. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. Thanks for listening to the PCC Multiverse. As a special bonus for everyone downloading out there, we're going to give you a big treat as Chad and Travis are standing by with their musical podcast about music. So let's get to that now. And thanks again so much for listening to us here in the PCC Multiverse.
Huh? Take, take three? Uh, I don't know, whatever you guys want. This is all gonna go on there anyway, so it's fine. Oh, this is perfect. Who are we kidding? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Remember your, uh... Top three songs of this week. Tell us, let's start with top three songs of this week. first. Josh, why don't we make a, um, I'm gonna have a Google Docs open here, and if you have anything, like, notes that you can add, or, like, interjections, or you can just yell. It's, hey, it's Josh, the producer, and he's yelling stuff at us. Okay. Just yell at yeah. us, it's fun. Alright, cool. Alright. Great. Three songs. Three songs, songs of the week. Um, let's see. Actually our, our live, uh, yeah, and uh, low electrolyte count because we are we're jamming out. We are gonna pick our top three songs of the week now. Uh, Travis, why don't you? Why don't you? Uh, you were showing me a song earlier. Okay, my top, my top one. I've been listening top to this one at least. Um, Unaware by Alan Stone. Mm. Yeah, he's a he's an I just I caught him seeing. He was doing a cover of something. <laughs> I forgot what it was, but um, that's, that's a good way to. Uh, to hear about yeah, it. I just I I like just singing. His voice cracked in the actual recording of that, but it still sounded so raspy and like it was nice. So I had to look into other songs and I found Unaware that he's singing and it says live from his mother's living room. Nice. I like the title. Um, very grassrootsy. Very. Yeah, but it's just it's really groovy. So that's the, the top one of my week. I was um, okay, for this week, I, I kind of went back to an old song by, um, what's his name? Oh, wait, well, Jay, Jay Garrett, right? Jay, is it Jay or Jake, Josh? Jay. Jay, Jay Garrett. And uh, this guy is crazy. He's playing, I shouldn't him, yeah? I don't think so. He's playing, <laughs> no, I'm sure I have. I'm sure I have. He's playing, um, here, let's just watch the video real quick. We can, we can really quick. Alright. Really quick. All right. really quick. Um, you guys can't see it, but we're gonna watch it. Uh, cool. Alright, so, uh, no. Alright, what's it, Worry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you have on YouTube? What's that? How do you pronounce his name? Jack Garrett. Jack Garrett. His name's no. Jack Garrett. Super close. You dance around all the black with alter egos. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, oh, wait. Yeah, you see this guy. this guy. Okay, so, so this guy, he's singing, he's playing guitar, and... Are you, uh, can you play out of the... Oh, I can. Here, so you can hear him a little bit. There's always left me feeling stuck in between... Everything I know and all the lies I tell myself so I can't sleep. Pick apart the pieces you left and don't you worry about it. Don't you worry about it. Try to give yourself some rest. And let me be worry-voted Let me worry-voted I, I, I like him because I feel like he's really a good um, um, place to look at, at someone that's really utilizing everything in front of them. Yeah. I, you know, singer, so that's, that's what I keep saying, but singer-songwriter isn't guitar anymore. Like, you gotta get digital. You gotta invest your fingers in the digital age, you know? As you have a guitar in your hand. Thank you. No, no, Travis is one of the craziest persons with GarageBand mobile that I've ever seen. 
and, and that's amazing, and that's a skill that's going to, to you're going to be able to utilize, for sure. Everything's going well. Okay, so, um, any other songs that we should talk about? What if, what, okay, can we talk about, like, what is one song that just really means a lot to you musically? So something that really, like, like... I, I'm only bringing this up because I want to talk. That was something I, I, I want to know. But Dude. So, a song that like made you feel like just that one step more for music. Like you're like, okay, I didn't, I didn't know I could feel that. Way. Josh, you have, do you, do you have a song? Do you have a song? Oh, like you were sitting there, and you go, wow, growth, maybe. Yeah, like like I did <laughs> not know my heart could feel this much. A Grinch moment. Mm, hold on, come back to me. Okay, oh, I will come back to you. You need to go first, honestly. Um, I, I know the band, but I don't know the name of the song. Okay, um, it. mine was Guns for Hands by 21 Pilots. I, it's just, just, when it dropped on in there, I just felt my heart. It, it got to check that out. Animophobia by Death Havana. Animophobia by Death Havana. I, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Like Panic in the Disco. If you love me, let me go. That one, that one did it for me too. See, I have a, I don't know. Hey, I have a lot of songs I'm just like, this song was, they, I don't know, it really depends, because there's different genres that brought so much all the but time. But just they hit you in you. It just Ooh, like, yeah. destroys your stomach. Just destroy your soul. Like, oh, uh, yeah. like Chandelier, right? Yes, exactly. No, I, hey, I will like that song. That song it's a guilty pleasure song. It's a guilty pleasure song. Oh man, I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, all right, all right, know. that's okay. We're gonna have to. We'll come back to that. Um, so, okay, now we are going to do a an exercise called a. Can we do a? Can we do like a two minute, two minute thing where we hop on and off of the keyboard here, and and we put a timer on where and we each we get two minutes, two minutes, and then switch on and off like sure, that. Sure. Okay. That sounds. Great. This is a, and it could be just absolutely terrible. Russ is right. Emphasis on that. It could be yeah. terrible. Like teaching us to just completely give in to the ADD. But you need garbage. Great, yeah, you need yes. garbage. Because you turn it into compost. And then you grow flowers yes. in it. <laughs> yes. That's why you need it. Alright, um, so let me set up an instrument here. What are we thinking? Let's do, I like, I really like this electric piano a lot. Didn't use it. I find myself, oh wait, no, it's a little too wobbly. Wait, it's like... Ooh, that's nice. Okay. It's hard, because I'm going to be going second, and my No, 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 please, you go first. No, 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 you go first. It's a challenge, because you write funky things, so I'm going to have to... I'll write the funky things! I brought my audio recorder, too, if we want to uh, record some, some Vox. Some Vox. Vox. V-O-X. For vocals. Um... Anyways. <laughs> no. No. Thank humanity. 
Atento, atento, atento. Hold up. Okay. I had everything perfectly. This is what we're gonna write a song about. It's gonna be about everything was perfectly, how sometimes things in life can just be so great that you don't realize it until you try and fix it and make it better. And then you move it off okay. and it messed it up and you can't quite get it back to where it was. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hey! Woo! Woo! Nope, Alright, oh, okay, it. my volume is just low. Oh, okay. What is that? Is that uh, uh, Old Like Zion? Happy New Year. It's still January. That still counts. Um, okay, so let's lay this down. Let's see. Let's get some tempo. Okay, we got some rhythm going on here. I like how your posture ended up just being back to normal. Well, this was, it was clearly too now dangerous. Now we're to be safe. It was clearly too dangerous. Back to point one. <laughs> Top three songs. And this is again what this song is about. Goodness. Okay. Um, Let's see, so I'm recording something. Um, I'm, let's just, I'm just gonna lay down just, the hut. Just, just. Okay, cool, so boom. So I'm just gonna loop that, I like that, those first two I did. So, pop it in there, okay, so. So there's my part. I, 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 think, I don't even need to go for that two minutes. I'm just gonna, just gonna, I'm just gonna hit it over the end. it over? Yeah. That's terrible. No, no, no. Think, of it, think of this like a, uh, like a, what's, what's the word? Um, is it like, relay race. Okay. Yeah, so. You're just really fast in the first part. Well, it was, I got that. Whoa. <laughs> okay, there we go. All right, so Travis, you have that. Would you like any uh, particular instrument? Oh, it's James! James, why don't you just come over and join us over here, buddy? Why don't you just come say hi? We've got plenty of Gatorade. Please do. Please do. I beg of you. Okay. Um... Uh, so, Travis, you're up. What, what would you like? Okay, I'm, I'm just gonna play that right Something, uh, more full, more of a bassy. Okay, alright. He wants the So that's that would be that.
That's tight. That is a tight lip. Um, so stay. It's real. It was tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Here we go. Um, I'm going to record you. Two, three, four. their stream? That's how I knew they were over here. <laughs> I said I'm coming over. I have fans, Josh, on my, my Snapchat. I'm gonna tag you in this. What'd you do here? Did you tell me? I'm mad at I didn't even get how to play the first one. Forgot I had the sandwich. Uh, ha! Yes! No! Oh. Oh. I fixed that! How was you? I have magic powers in my fingers. What can I say? I can say a lot of things, actually. You want to get a car next to me? No. You should, you should buy a new cable. Oh, yeah? Anyone <laughs> wants to donate a cable? <laughs> That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, a sandwich. Ooh. We lost the sound again. Can you smell that? It's mm -hmm. good. <laughs> There's no one out there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 
I'm trying. I have screen capture. You know, I fixed it last time, but I think my magic is tired. Uh -huh. I need a magic nap really quick. I'm at it, I'm just... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Josh, do you have the mic, the snowball mic? It's in the... Would you grab it? Yeah. You didn't say please. They use the same cable that's broken right here. You he didn't say please. Please! 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 It's not working! Here, we can talk to my followers. We can what? I just do snap my Snapchat. You can talk to your followers on your Snapchat. <laughs> Hello! Hey everyone, I'm just here in second for third grade theater, hanging out with uh, Hyperschmidt and Travis. Travis, I don't think he has a name yet. We're gonna, yeah. we're gonna get him one though, we'll yes. find something. Today, that's not my name. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, take another one. Wait. I'm gonna show if I'm playing, me, playing the acoustic MIDI controller. Hyperschmidt, what are you doing right now? I'm playing the acoustic MIDI controller, listen. Oh, be cool, be cool, be cool. Be cool, dude, be cool. Be cool. Be cool, dude. Be cool. Hyperschmidt, what are you doing? You just threw the cable on the floor. Cool. Wait, you explain what you're doing so people understand. You're the Oh, wow, it's my MIDI controller that's broken. What are we doing right now? We are trying to fix the problem. We are trying to fix the problem. Oh wait, no, is that the new cable? No, it's just that. Oh, you need it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that you just gonna replace the cable? Let's try. Why don't we do that? Like, before we use this cable. I didn't realize. I know. Because <laughs> they're like, I, they're like, oh, oh. Hey. Fix the problem. They're like, twenty five dollars I know, but you have that one. No, no, it's Josh had it here. I'm in right now. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> Things you should have done before you did them. Yeah. So like when, when you're laying tracks down, explain like what you're doing. I am. So people know. Okay. So right now what I'm doing is I'm taking a, a, a regular drum set sound. And I am putting some of the, the sound to like a, a really big like reverb. So it kind of sounds like it's a drummer playing drums in the, in the middle of a Costco. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, I call this the Kirkland brand uh, reverb. Here. And I'm eating a sandwich. Is that a, it's a grill? Is that a tuna? No. It's a chicken breast panini Yum. deluxe. Oh. It's got bacon and avocado. Amazing. Alright, so. That's a tight. So, something's going on. I think my MIDI controller might be broken, but it's like, it's causing a lot of distortion. It's dysfunctioning. Which, it's dysfunctioning. But, it's, it's messing up. Do <laughs> that? It's dysfunctioning. It's dysfunctioning. <laughs> it works. It sounded. Wait, I'm actually playing that. I like it IRL. So we've looped out our uh, hook line, which is hopefully, 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 what is going to kind of get stuck in your head, like a, a hook does in a fish. Yes. Forever. So that's oh. what. That's what we're.
Is it complimenting it? It's like a good dance partner dancing with someone they can't dance. Uh, and yeah, so you know, are we human? So, um, then combine, combine with the bass line here. Oh, oh my. Oh my. Wait, what? You see, I created the uh, drum kit over on top of your, yeah, so oh. hopefully I can fix that. <laughs> I think it's this one. Whoa. It kind of, you know what it kind of reminds me of? No. Do you remember when you were a kid and your sibling would scream at the top of their lungs in your ear, just right up oh, in your ear? Oh, yeah. And it kind of like, yeah, it kind of, it makes that weird sound. Or if two people scream at, a at the same time. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's what this, that's what this is kind of sounding like. Me and my and, cousin would sit there. And do that? For like, like hours. And as a result, Travis can now hit notes such as. <laughs> <laughs> Probably even higher. All right, here we go. Um... A drum. Um, mm. so I lay down that. I'm 
my two minutes are, are up, though. I think it is. Uh, I'm gonna turn it over to Travis now. Travis? I wanna hear this first. Okay, let's hear it. Fun size. Fun Yeah, a little taller.
played a bunch of different things there. Trying that's to fill that's in what you got to do. Trying to fill in some of the higher end notes that uh, we haven't touched yet. A big part of, of writing music for me so far is listening a lot. And that's, that's almost like forcing yourself to, to mentally sink yourself back into the music. And, you know, for me what helped was I, I a lot of times would listen to music as if I was standing there watching the music. Almost like there's the band, right? So it's, it's all coming towards my way. But once I, if you imagine the music and hearing the different parts, if you can walk into the middle of it and sit right in the center of everything that's going on, then what you can do is you're a lot, you can hear a lot more. And so... It, what it, 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 it's like, I call it uh, hearing, like, blurred hearing. So just, you don't really hear everything as much. And it, for me, it leaves more opportunity to hear more things in the mix and more music. So it's like, a lot of times I don't come up with, with the lines. I just, I hear them in there. So that's something that has helped me. Um, but, okay, so let's, let's, let's get back let's to that. Some little blurbs. I just want to share some little nuggets. Um, okay, so adding the percussion line back in. Uh, let's let's do. Try and just record what you're thinking the first time, but try and give yourself lots of loops to where you can play it over and over again because you might, it'll give you more time to, you know, you'll, you'll hear maybe have a note come in a little early on one line. You'll hear that the one time you play it, and when you go back and have to stop, you know, make a new track or, or stack it, by the time you do that, you can kind of get you out of that, that feeling, you know, that, that place where you're submerged in the mix. Uh, so, oh, hello to you just joining us live. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's another little bit of uh, advice I give you. So let's give it a listen. Um, I really like that. And this is almost something that could almost be like an alternative like hook or maybe even a hook for a different, different part of the song, a different section. So it's like, uh, like what if this is kind of our, so what if that first hook is just on that intro, right? And then this comes in here. Let's give this a listen to. Now, what I've done is I've moved that original, um, that original hook, which is this, kind of like a real gospel uh, blues. Yeah, some organ in there. Um, so now we've, we're going to see how this sounds with. Thank you. 
Um, Alright, so that's that's kind of where we're at right there. Um, let's let's kind of explore the dynamics of uh, moving the song into a uh, less explosive feeling. Right now it's kind of has just lots of energy going on and energy is great. But if it's all energy the whole time, it's like you're eating a meal that is fish and salty for a week straight, you're gonna get tired of it. So dynamics is kind of bringing in some, you know, some tartar sauce or maybe, you know, a steak or some cream of mushrooms. So this is imagery. Yeah. We're right. very visual. Visual. Usually imagine, imaginative though. Like, yes, exactly. You don't actually look at steak, you're like, this is like that song. Right, you but. Picture it. I, I hope you can feel, I hope you can know what, I'm, what I mean, because it's great. Um, okay, so let's, let's take a look at maybe in that second section where Travis's uh, line comes in. Let's take a look and, oh wait, it's my wife, Lauren. Hello there, Lauren. Hi. Let's take a look at, at putting this drum farther back and just hearing it. Because your line that you wrote was kind of percussive in itself. So it might... Okay, um, so we want to show you real quick 
Um, something me and Travis worked on last time we were hanging out and... Uh, it was a while ago. Was it, what was it called? We don't hang out. my life? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. uh, what was it called? Uh, um, the crazy one. It was... Jeez, uh, I don't remember. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> you don't either. You can't get mad. I'm not mad. I'm just... Um, I'm just disappointed. It's not about my was it? Wait, was it? That's like your actual song that I think. Whoa! Whoa! Sneak peek. Sneak peek. Oh no! Wait, no, hold on, hold on. I, I got it's it. In your email, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. You sent it to me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, here we go. Woo! Progress. We're getting there. Progress. Here we go. Alright, let's let's um let's cut back in. That's a song. Hey. Alright. Memories. <laughs> Alright, so um as we wrap it up real quick, we are going to show you a little something that we worked on last time we were doing one of these exercises. Um it turned out kind of fun. Um and also tune in for our next episode and we're gonna go back and actually do some vocals, add some vocals in there, do some probably I want to try and just make a, just a massive vocal pad, like just the the fattest. Just yeah. So we'll, we'll kind of we'll kind of mess around with that and um, see what we can get for you. Uh, let's let's show the song. Tell them, can I tell them what you think about the song? Uh, it started out with a very um, dance, interesting Chicago feel. That's what it's around. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. And then we were just like, um, okay, let's let's do a, a speed writing. You know, session. it was just a speed writing session after we were working on some of our actual music. We decided, hey, we should probably do this because you and you work on that's that a part of your brain. Yeah, you know? yeah. You're training on writing music, so we just did a quick little, I don't know, maybe uh, twenty yeah. minute session of just writing that yeah. Yeah. different parts, and it kind of ended up sounding like something that we think could fit into a Final Fantasy uh, video game, maybe a fight song or just some. I don't know, something like that. Exactly. But yeah. So, check it out. Here we go. going to be right above us, right there, won't it, Josh? Oh, yeah. And, Somewhere. And um, so, yeah, check out the stuff that started as kind of this right here, um, this kind of jam sesh, and then after just countless hours of rewriting and obsessing and listening to it over and over again in the process that I call chisel with polish, chisel, polish, chisel, polish, chisel, polish, 
they, they turn into the songs. And so, yeah, they're, they're fun. They're on Spotify, iTunes, and, and check them out. Well, please let me know what you think. That would be great. Travis is going to have music soon, uh, whether he comes up with an artist name or just, uh, yeah, just becomes absorbed and who knows. So we'll see. Absorbed and um, who knows. Uh, we'll see go. you next week on the Chad and Travis Musical Show About Music. Yeah! 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 Oh.